all the buttons pushed in that I need to. You're there, right? I'm here. Perfect. It's always a delight to hear your voice. I'm a little uh, low today. Low as in uh, like sitting low to the ground or low mood? Low as in fucking tired. Excuse oh. my language, dropping an F-bomb. No, that's okay. In the first 60 seconds. Uh, with uh, with the way the weather is and will be for the next couple of days, it's going to be hard to um, rally up some energy. Uh, can, can, in that case, can I start with a fun topic? Yes, please. Help me. Um, so I don't know how we bring these back, but I was uh, reading about the witch's walk that happens in Sandusky. Um, oh, people come from all... there was one. Yeah, neither, I think I might have come across it last year, but I really spent some time um, digesting it this year. And it's this weekend in downtown Sandusky. And I guess, you know, several thousand people come and people come from all over. And I, I, I have questions like, are they real witches? Are they people that like to dress up as witches? Uh-huh. Are they good witches? Bad witches? Because witches sometimes get a bad rap. There Spooky are Spooky witches. There, there's good witches. Like we uh-huh. think of, like uh, the, the the wicked witch and whatever else. But there, there's good witches. Right. So I'm. I have those questions about it. And there's going to be entertainment and performers and you know food, music, and all that stuff. But apparently they take I think a, a fountain somewhere in downtown uh, Sandusky. And they make it a giant cauldron. And Interesting. First of all, I like the word, but then it got me, when I read that, I started thinking of all the scenes and movies and uh, cinema and shows when there's been a cauldron. And there is never, like like Tom Cruise to some degree, like he always plays a, a, a cool guy. Mm-hmm. A cauldron is always cool, and I would like them to become popular. I think cauldrons are fascinating. I lo- have you seen that every that it's a very popular like Halloween decoration these days, like a DIY cauldron. I have not. Yeah, people are taking like old fire pits and re yes. and like repurposing them into uh, <clears throat> like a makeshift cauldron, like a de- decoration. Um, I find them to be fascinating and gross at the same time because they're usually filled with like. I mean, a witch's cauldron usually has nails and eyeballs in it and stuff. You know, sweat. Well, it's a potpourri. I mean, you can put anything in there. You're making a stew. But I thought the same thing. I'm like, if we have fire pits, we can have cauldrons. <laughs> no, no, not outside of Halloween. Fine, whatever. You'd fill yours with candy corn, you weirdo. No, not necessarily. No, I, I can eat my candy corn piece by piece, or I've been putting it in protein shakes. I've got my candy corn vodka that I've infused, so I can make my martini. Um, I would not waste candy corn by putting it in the stew or or a bubbling cauldron. I feel like a candy corn martini is exactly the kind of thing that would come out of a cauldron. Like it would. That's what I imagine a nasty witch's brew would taste like. I think there's a witch. There is a witch's brew brand of alcohol, but um, yes. I, I see it at Monette's. But it's comments like that why uh, you can't have nice things. <laughs> why why things just keep happening to me? Right, right. I, like, no. Look at me. Nothing's happened to me. Um, mm-hmm. I had an. Do you go to the eye doctor? Not as often as I should, but yes. Um. I'm trying to be better with that because the eye doctor to me has turned into the dentist in my 20s. Oh, uh-huh. 
Like, I don't want to go because, like, it, it it's not getting any better from here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, today, I don't. I don't prioritize the eye doctor or the dentist. Today was a. I learned my lesson with the dentist. Never. I will stay on that forever, and that's why I. You, I might not show any more enthusiasm on my radio show than when it comes to my Dr. Franco commercials because I'm that big of a believer. Huh. Um, the eye, the eye doctor, like the puff is, the puff is bad. The puff. Oh, the puff. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> like going back to like witches and cauldrons and, and medieval torture. The puff is medieval torture. And it's not that the puff gets you. It's the anticipation of not knowing when it's going to come. And it's like they prepare you, but you're never truly prepared for the force of this puff. Right. Like, it's like, could you, it, it's like, okay, puff in three, two, poof. Right. <laughs> and then if, if, there, if, if it doesn't activate right away, like you're Ugh. startled, your timing's up, because you're, you're bracing yourself like you, like you were going to be in a car accident. Agreed. And if you're too soon or too late, like I get it, you're get, you get puffed right off the chair. It, it absolutely, it's embarrassing. Um, what else did I want to get with you on? Uh, I am f- five through House of Usher, and I guess modest spoilers here. You didn't watch Succession when I got into it, right? No, I haven't seen okay. any bit of Succession. Um, it, House of Usher is is Succession, which is disgustingly rich human beings doing different levels of awful things and uh that's basically house of usher um but with blood and gore and forgive me when we spoke the other day i think i said i love sam neill and i do but bruce greenwood is the actor not sam neill i got that wrong um who's bruce greenwood the main uh roderick usher Oh, the old Roderick Usher or young Roderick Usher? Yeah, uh, old, 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 old. Old Roderick. Yeah, I need to rewatch the show. I haven't started it yet, but again, um, I wish Prosperous's episode would have been a little later because <laughs> I feel like it was so far the, like, I personally feel like it was the best one. Um, the best scene, like that final scene of when, Prosperous's episode, mm, the lead up to it. I, I, I as well, I, I don't... I don't know where I am with that because like that really, and I love when we talk about shows, like we should just do a show podcast, uh, movies and stuff. Recap. Like I love that that pulled me in deeper, um, mm-hmm. especially after we were a little doubtful with Midnight Club. But when- I was not doubtful for the record. That was all you. It wasn't, it wasn't Flanagan's best. Well, I, but I know Flanagan- I, I was just looking forward to Usher. I knew it was going to be something. Um, I can't wait for you to get through the rest of it, which you only have a couple more episodes to go. And I'm, this is not a spoiler, but there is a scene where Roderick is in his, you've seen his office, like his like penthouse office, um, and the views from his office because they've shown it multiple times. There's a scene in that office that the way that they depict rain is unlike anything I've ever seen. Okay. It, it, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. And I thought it was absolutely genius. I was, my jaw was to the floor. I was so impressed like that. What do they call that? Cinematography, sure. I guess of this series is fantastic. 
Um, I did. I, I did not know this. Uh, I I read the first sentence and I was like, Mike Flanagan's last series, and then I finished the sentence and it said, at Netflix. I guess Amazon bought him. Oh. He'll be taking his Flanagan verse over there. And I, I think oh. you, you and I both deeply like that, um, very much like uh, American Horror Story, although I think we like these actors and actresses better. Better, um, yes. That same, same, same them, but different, uh, different characters, different series, and, and all of that. I hope it doesn't change the quality of the work. Like, I hope that going to a different, like, I don't know, network is a streaming platform doesn't require him to like maybe hopefully he gets more privileges than he does with Netflix. I, I don't know. I I just hope it doesn't change the quality of what we usually expect from Mike Flanagan. Um, I, I I think we'll we'll be good. If anything, um excuse me, I have to look up one thing real fast. Uh if anything, Amazon has more resources, mm-hmm. so that should be good. Netflix is not. Netflix is being a bit more careful, a bit more austere, as opposed to like a couple of years ago when they just threw everything against the wall and people were like, "I'm getting out." And we will come back to uh, Netflix in just one second. And I know we're talking about it now. Can I tell you? I guess you have to. Maybe we'll save this for your rewatch. But um, I loved. Uh, I was sending you phrases and things that were uttered on the episodes I was watching last <laughs> night. I I loved the lemon monologue. Do you remember that? I don't. I don't think so. Or maybe I do. So I'll, I'll read you some of it. Um, and it's exactly what would come out of someone like that who is too rich to know any better Um, oh yes the lemon monologue yes 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 where he literally explained how you get like filthy rich off of lemons i and i'll I'll read some of this yeah um but i knew as soon as the 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 axiom was uttered what do you when life gives you lemons this was going to go in a different direction and i i do really like bruce greenwood the actor i think he did a great job of that Mm -hmm. when life hands you lemons make lemonade no First, you roll out a multimedia campaign to convince people lemons are incredibly scarce, which only works for you if you stockpile lemons. Control the supply, then a media blitz. Lemon is the only way to say, I love you. The must-have accessory for engagements or anniversaries. And it goes on for several... uh, Mm -hmm. That was about a third of it. Billie Eilish is uttered and hashtags. Mm -hmm. And while it's, it's the purest of evil of capitalism and the bad actors that pervert capitalism, which I don't really have a problem with. It's the people that, 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 that are the bad actors that I do. I was like, you know what? I can take some things out of this. Cause you know me, I, I like, you know, pithy sayings. I put them aside. Um, another axiom, something philosophical that I can jump off of. Like, cause we think of when life hands you lemons, you, you make mm-hmm. the best out of it. You make, you mm-hmm. make lemonade. I liked the angles in this that weren't like, sinister capitalism but you don't have to make lemonade you can get a little bit creative and manipulative mm-hmm. and right like I, I never felt Roderick was ever sinister I agree in the in the way that the um young Roderick uh what's the dude's name the the dude that paid him 500 bucks for his Rufus Grundlewald or something. Yes. In the way that he right. was sinister. Roderick was never that. And maybe Madeline was actually the sinister one of yes. the two. 
Madeline has a monologue that I'm sure you have not gotten to yet. And it's older Madeline, not younger Madeline, that is fantastic. I mean, her monologue, um, I feel like it's in episode seven, could be an episode eight, I don't remember, but it's, it's just really great. I love her evolution as well. Um, but yeah, I, I just... I, I remember the lemon monologue now and that the way that he even described it. I'm like, he makes it sound so easy. Like he makes it sound as almost like that, that could be everybody's idea. You could be a millionaire or a billionaire easily, you know, in this way, but it, you know, but it's, it's obviously not. Does he, you can, you can tell me this cause I'm asking the question. Does mm-hmm. uh young Roderick, um, have some type of tipping point where he realizes he's got to be more like his boss or he's never going to get where he wants to go? Or does he maintain that that innocence that his sister is always, you know, basically bullying him on um, as he's in the chair talking with the uh, with his lawyer friend, Augie? No, he has a tipping point. A very sad one. Okay. A very sad one. Okay. That really is a, is a focal point for all of this essentially okay i'm trying to look for clues and my batting average is quite low with this as opposed to people who write think pieces on the internet I'm like oh i should have seen that there, there's something about i don't know if it's just like cinematography and acting or whatever he has had a lot of of that uh was he drinking cognac mm-hmm. so or brandy whatever that is mm-hmm. he said uh one pour would cost like two years of Augie's salary. Like, there's some really good writing in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, as much as he has drank in the in the little one-on-one session with Augie, he, he should be like lying on the floor vomiting. <laughs> but then then I also want to know, and, I, and you can give me a hint here, he has drank so much, does that play into some of the horror aspects of it? Yes. The, the, there is a something interesting that comes out about the alcohol or there's a correlation to the alcohol that he's drinking and the decanter is what I would call it. I don't know the the, the container that he's drinking it from. So you do see that you find out that also in like episode seven or eight. And he was also, um, he was uh, diagnosed with dementia, like a form of dementia too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this is not, Maybe because I'm prepared for them, but I, I think there are far less far less scares in this yeah. than previous shows. It's psychological. I mean, yeah. there's really nothing scary, and you almost expect it. I mean, very early right. on, you almost expect that he's going in his in his conversation with Augie. Each one of his kids, every episode, is going to appear to him. And they're going to present to him in the way that they've died. So, like every, and that's not me spoiling anything. Kind um, of is. Do you think so? Did you not realize that? Well, no. I, I mean, if somebody hasn't watched it, it's definitely spoilery. I mean, I figured it. I figured it out after Prosperous. Yes. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry, oh. no spoils. But I figured it out quickly, like after Prosperous. So then, when that would happen, when that scene came, it was almost like some foreshadowing. So I'm like, oh. So then, obviously, Thomas and I are then trying to figure out, okay, well, this is what it looks like. So this is probably what's going to happen. Now, we never got it correct. Like, I, I forget the other brother, that, that the other one that they would call the bastard child. Leo? Napoleon? Yes. Is he the one that had the penthouse? 
with the with the with cat. Yes. Yeah, I could have never guessed that. Could have never. I mean, some of the some of these like deaths um, would have never guessed it. No. You you didn't you know. see his mom in the background when he said to Augie, "My mom's right there behind you," and Augie refused to turn around. No, I didn't see her at all. Oh, I could yeah. not. I tried, but yeah. I, I don't know if my room wasn't dark enough for me to be able to see. But you don't was she back there? Yeah, yes, absolutely. You, you no. don't you don't see her until he mentions it, and then you can scroll back and go, "Oh, there she is." But when she turns, is when you recognize her, and that's where Augie goes. I I know what this is. You, you get somebody to get off their game so you can negotiate right. better I with them. That. And at that point, mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, all the dead people are going to show up." No, I, I didn't really see. I didn't really get that vibe, you know. Not this time around. I mean, it's much different from Hill House. Like you're not. To me, it's much different from Hill House. Like these are infrequent jump scares where Hill House is. There's a conversation, and then there's a an apparition that kind of haunts the screen, and you take your focus off the people having the dialogue. Right. And it's 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 chilling. Whereas this is a monkey right. just ripped someone's face off and then smiled. Well, I think though. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler. I <laughs> I think that that uh, Usher is predictable jump scares to yes. me. Where Hill House was not. You're right. Agreed. Hill House was very chilling, and uh, Usher is very predictable. So, which was easy for me. It was easier for me to keep up. Um, as of yesterday, I don't know if you got an email or not. I didn't see one. Oh, because I'm on the ad tier. Um, Netflix is raising their premium ad uh, ad free tier to twenty three dollars a month. And if you just have like the single one, uh, or you only watch on one screen, that's going up to twelve dollars. I'm on the. I, I took the ad tier as soon as I could because it's seven bucks. And I, here, my prediction is that Netflix will continue to frequently raise prices in an outlandish way in an outlandish way because i think they want everybody on the ad tier how many ads do they have just one uh sometimes it's like 30 seconds sometimes it's like 90 the my only criticism is they ha- they 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 happen at jarring times um but i like it because look most people are on their phone anyway for the most part when they're watching something so it gives you a break to do whatever the hell you want to do on your phone for 30 seconds and not miss any content I think I saw you share that today and I saw like the $23 price and I'm like, yeah, they're out of their minds. I'm, so I'm definitely going to go down to the ad um, portion because I can't, I'm just not doing that. It's, it's, it's not stunning. I don't know what the word is that we're now, what, seven, eight years from mm-hmm. cord cutting where everybody just, they wanted to cut their cable bill. And we've talked about this before. They wanted to cut their cable bill. Mm-hmm. They didn't want commercials. And now here we are with a, a cable bill-sized streaming and internet bill, which people are going to have to trim. And, and commercials are back. And they already made me cut off my mother. Like, Jesus, you made me cut <laughs> off my mom so I didn't have to pay extra money. <laughs> God. Enough already. I'm so sorry. How does mm. how does Mary get around? Uh, you know, she watches like suits and PBS. Um, the other thing, there's uh, so some money was uh, approved for the roundabout at what Mommy Western and whatever that is, twenty twenty five outside of Orleans Park for a roundabout, which mm-hmm. is still like several years away. Mm-hmm. And I was reading the article today, and and somebody said. If there's 500 people that are asked about this, there's one that wants it. Um, 
most people are, are, who are asked are against it. Some suggested, you know, just do a turn in and turn out lane. Uh, if those are left turns uh, across busy roads, I'm not for that. Um, and I spoke to somebody today and I offered some feedback. People are, you know this, people are very subjective and mm-hmm. emotional. I, I mm-hmm. like to think that I'm as objective as many people can get. That's why I have a lot of contrasting, contrarian opinions. It's not on purpose, but I try to extract the emotion from it. In fact, me saying I'm objective shows that I am not completely objective. That makes me very, that makes me subjective. Interesting. Um, But I don't know how many people you'd have to have thousand, a million say, this is a bad idea right here as opposed to concrete data that proves otherwise. I said to my friend, I was like, all you have to do to maybe not like sway these people, but to quiet them is get data for this proposed roundabout and how it would make things safer. Like sure, it might make things for biking and the historical sense a little more challenging, but like lives will be saved and accidents will be prevented with this. And it's gotta be like legitimate data, not, you know, not guesswork. And and we know that roundabouts are safer and you keep traffic moving. So it's a little bit better for the environment, but like shoot out the data for what this could be. And then I'll, and then I will say, if I were a Perrysburg person who was in favor of this, I would say, okay, you've seen this data. So now every accident or injury or death that we could have prevented with this, that's on you. So I I personally don't think it's going to be safer because the interesting part about that intersection is it's not the same speed limit as in downtown Maumee where people are moving just a little bit slower. People are going really fast. Like they're coming off of 25, they're going across the bridge and they're coming off of or going on to um, uh, Maumee Western. No, what's the street in downtown Perrysburg that you drive across? Boundary. Yeah, uh, ish. What one of those? Um, and people will actually go really fast in that area. And I think that there's going to be you're always going to have those folks that don't know how to properly use a roundabout. They're yielding when they don't need to yield. They should have gone instead of yields because they had enough space to get through. Like, and there's going to be people that are going to be in a rush. I feel like you might actually cause more accidents at that particular intersection because that the folks are just moving quicker there than if you were to do it a little bit further down in like downtown Maumee where the speed limit's 25. So you can easily come to a stop. You know what I mean? I don't because I don't know the area as well as you do. Mm. Um, but it is it does get a high amount of traffic. There are cars that sit at that light and your rows back. Like you could very well be sitting at that light for two cycles. You know what I mean? Regularly. So I understand why the interest in the roundabout is there because maybe you get through it quicker. But... I just don't know if it's going to work. Okay. Um, hold on one second. I have to cut a traffic report, okay? Okay. I'm back. Hi. Let me just make sure I get my traffic report, okay? Um, so, obviously, I value, uh, I value your objective, reasoned demeanor and opinion and insight more than um, ranting Perrysburg person mm-hmm. uh, who wouldn't who wouldn't use a roundabout if money was falling from the sky inside of it. (laughs) 
Um, but like this is like this is super easy. In fact, I told mm-hmm. uh, I told this person that I don't want to name. It was like, don't get yourself into the same situation that the city of Toledo got themselves in back in like 2015 and 2016, where I was like, the traffic cams are going to make roads safer. I lived on the most dangerous. I drove on the most in my neighborhood back home was one of the most dangerous intersections in the entire country. They put cameras in and it didn't save everybody, but it saved a lot of people. So mm-hmm. it was part of my fabric of, of driving. And do, oh, so all the city of Toledo had to go was release the data to go, here's how many people have been saved, how many accidents have been prevented, and like legitimate data that anybody can look over. They never did that. They never proved that the cameras mm-hmm. made things safer. So everybody, every cynic, just this, everybody became a cynic and just said, oh, it's a money grab. Um, that's how this gets fixed real fast. I don't think so. I think the people that are against it don't give a damn. You could put data in front of them and they're still going to be against it. I think that, you know, I'm not necessarily against it. So obviously I don't fall. I don't really care. I'll deal with whatever with whatever. But I think the folks that are going to be against it, the ones that were like down there protesting, most likely <laughs> are going to be against it regardless. Like if you have that much interest, if you're against it that much that you're going to protest when it is technically meant to make commutes easier and and traffic flow better, then you, it doesn't matter what you do. You can't you're never going to win them over. You'll quiet some people. Ah. You're right. The the extreme people, but there are still some reasonable people who, if given enough information that they can review, you got to like throw your hands up and go, all right, I, I was wrong and I'm willing to see this through. So that that's, that's all I want. This is where I come back to, you know, being as objective as I possibly can. Show me the unmanipulated data and information and make my decision based off that. Mm-hmm. And like... When you get new information, if you don't change your mind based on that new information, well, you're just being stubborn. Um, that was one of my things that I always did when um, when I was doing sports talk. And, you know, I never got hit with this because I, I made sense out of it. But a lot of people would accuse opi- people with opinions like, why are you always flip-flopping? Why are you always changing your mind? And they were never able to explain, well, there's constantly new information coming out. Like, we can track you know, you see it every day in what you mm-hmm. do in your job. You can track mm-hmm. anything in any, almost anything in anywhere. Certainly more than we could a year ago or five years ago. Um, you can manipulate data, but if if it is being presented in an honest, authentic fashion, the numbers are not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think truly, for some people, they never made a difference in the first place. You know? Oh, I know. Some people just, you know, I could tell you that the, the, the sky is blue and you'd be like, it's absolutely not. Um, there's a lot of white things up there and I don't know what they are, but mm-hmm. that makes the sky not blue. Like, you just, mm-hmm. what's the, I don't know if it's a Bill Murray line or not, but um, it's hard to argue, hard to win an argument with a smart person. It's impossible to win an argument with a, with, a, with a, like a raging unreasonable lunatic. Exactly. Nobody wants to hear the truth when the lie is more entertaining. There you, you go. Yeah. I have one last thing to ask you after I read a very interesting article today, and this is like dropping a car on your head. Oh, God. So we can discuss it another time because I, I need to think more about it. Um, do, do, do human beings have free will? Yes, but not without consequence. 
Okay, that was that's an interesting part of that because um, immoral, heinous things were brought up in this read, and like, how how do we go about assigning blame for that? And this is something that I wanted to bring this up with you because we have talked in years past about like people who do awful things are a product of where they came from, sure, um, and their environment and stuff like that, and some blame has to be assigned there. Like you killed a human being, and you have to be in jail for the rest of your life. Correct. But what about assigning blame to what created that killer? We we don't do that. So, um, and the the, uh, the other thing I'll ask you, and we can wrap up with this, but uh, your thought on this, interesting that I use that word, um, can close us out. Is there a difference between you and the electrical neurons firing in your brain making decisions? Yes. Interesting. Okay. That's fascinating. Maybe. <laughs> I, I I don't know the answer. I, I like because it's literally like agency and identity. Um, mm-hmm. because you are Alexandria. Mm-hmm. But Alexandria is who you are and who I love and who is my best friend and who keeps like bringing fleas into their home and all that stuff. Shut the fuck up. That is a product of all those electrical neurons firing, which you don't or have. Or not firing. Or not firing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll just call you a- Alex the Neuron. Yeah, flea bag. Good TV. Are you talking about a TV show? No, I'm talking about Sunny. <laughs> is she the one that did? Is she the diseased one and gave it to? I Pete? don't know. I mean, we assume she was because she was the one scratching the most. But then we're like, well, we better give uh, Pete a flea bath too, just in case, because if one has it, the other one has it. Even though he doesn't scratch nearly as much, if at all. And the poor thing was in fle- and like fested with flea dirt, like not fleas themselves. I mean, we only really found like two or three on each of them. Um, and that was like with a thorough, like fine tooth comb, literally. Um, but the f- amount of flea dirt was a lot. Um, I forgot about this, but, uh, Valerie told me her, uh, her dog got fleas as well. Now look, it could be purely coincidental. Maybe there's a larger flea outbreak at hand. I don't know. Ugh. Like, I don't even understand how, because our dogs have not gone anywhere. So we moved and the scratching from Sunny only started in the last few weeks. They haven't gone anywhere. They haven't been around other dogs. Our neighbor does have a, like a, a relatively big husky, but they keep him on a lead and the lead does not come near our fence. So I don't understand where our dogs could have gotten fleas from because I think from what I know, you don't just get them from the outside. Like you can't go out and get infested with fleas just because they're outside. So I, I don't, I don't under, I don't understand. But I also was not proactively doing any flea prevention. So that's my fault as well. Uh, it was you or Thomas. <laughs> they gave them the fleas. Yes. Oh, Thomas. Um, I, I too like have been a not great dog dad at times by not doing flea or tick and my logic was sound like I was pissing into the wind a little bit but it wasn't really that windy like Mm -hmm. they're not going to get anything they don't go we don't go to the metro parks we walk around we walk around the block and they sit on the couch all day or he's upstairs in my bed he's more likely to get a paper cut than than any than any one of those bugs 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, the only other explanation is maybe they were already in the house, and so yes, if if they were already in the house, like downstairs, we only have a carpet in the basement. So like, if they were, so we're gonna get it. We're gonna treat it like we're. I know there's things that you can put down, so we're gonna do that. But um, I don't know. I'm just a little disappointed. I'm just. <laughs> disappointed and I'm like racking my brain last night and I'm like you know what Alex you really lived your life for quite a long time in like a 750 square foot apartment and now your space is tripled that and so of course you're going to come with more issues like bigger space more problems so I'll take it most most space more problems yeah can can I tell you something though I, I don't think and i hope this alleviates some guilt oh what was another there was another great line last night i think it was from uh in, in the house of usher is uh they they modernized the line from i think Macbeth. Mm-hmm. um oh yeah a guilty mind is filled with scorp- st- scorpion stings or something like that mm-hmm. well that was a good line um i think th- you have uh, uh the cat having its issue and some other things that i don't think you want to talk about but it's the what house. things? With oh, the house? The, the mice poop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it was I, old. If I, if I had to uh, open up Occam's razor here, I'm pinning this on the people that lived in that place. Oh, oh, also, by the way, who left, like, your backyard, like, their pile of shit piled up, and, like, they just got out of there. So I'm putting it on them. You know, and the only reason why I'm giving them any kind of grace is because I have wanted a house for so long that I am still my feeling of overwhelming gratefulness. And just there was a moment the other day where I was like, I am just so happy. Like and I just spent almost uh, I did spend over a thousand dollars replacing the electrical panel. And that still doesn't mean the dryer is up and running yet. Like there's oh all these things. You know what I mean? I, soon, so next week we'll be there with the dryer. But like, I'm just happy. I lost you. Are you still there? She's so happy she left. Are you back? Can you, yeah. Can there you hear you. me? Um, you're. Uh, you you can, and I get it because you look for so long, and and this this wasn't. It, this didn't cost cost you. It was expensive, but it didn't cost you as much as it possibly could have with the way things are right now. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. get it. That doesn't that doesn't alleviate the fact that these people could have been slobs who moved out of that house. So, but at the same time, that was literally. So the other reason why I was giving grace and my phone rang, so it cut me off, is when we exited our apartment. I'm not kidding. Like I, I had spoken about how badly my apartment was affecting my mental health for years, and that. Of course, that meant that I gave up on a lot of things, like taking care of a lot. I gave up trying to make it nice for myself and for Thomas and for the the dogs. And there was a lot of that. So I was so incredibly stressed at the condition of the apartment that I gave back to the apartment complex and how I gave it back to them. Granted, I emptied everything and in many ways remove the carpet myself. So I took a lot of the labor off of other people, but it still was not a product that represents me. And so if that was how this family left, I get it. I get it. It's allowing me to be a little bit more graceful in the situation, even though my dogs are not infested with fleas, but like (laughs) it was, so then this is, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Like, Last night, Sunny got her bath first and it was a long bath because we were we shampooed her three times 
and brushed her and then combed through her fur, getting everything out. And when Sunny got out of the bath and Thomas was um, bathing or, or drying her off, I took Pete into the bath and I gave Pete a bath and did the same thing. And so when Pete was coming out, first of all, he jumped out without me being able to dry him first. So he got water everywhere. I dried him up as much as I could. Thomas was in there helping me at that point. So when Pete comes and runs out in the living room, Sunny took a piss on the floor when our backs were turned. So then we had to clean up the pee. And then when I turned my, when I was cleaning up the pee with the paper towels and I go into the kitchen to throw them out, I turned my back for a second. Pete took a shit on the floor when my back was turned. And then I turned my back again for one second. Sunny took a shit on the floor. So it was just... <sighs> You, I, I appreciate you trying to rationalize. I left a mess, so the universe put me in a mess. I, I don't give a shit about that. I'm trying to come up with reasons why the things right. that are happening, the cat in the basement, them. Yeah, the dogs. Yeah, because you leaving a mess and them leaving a mess is completely independent of one another. And while, yes, the universe might be striking you down, I'm simply trying to f figure out why these things are happening. And it sounds like they were slobs. Maybe, I mean, ask my mother her opinion. I'm sure she'll give it if she listens to the show, which I know she does. But, you know, I just, I'm just happy. And literally nothing can change it. And I'm, I'm, I feel so good. This, <laughs> so. this, this will be uh, an, an apt um, saying in a, in a podcast episode filled with them. You're like a pig in shit. Literally. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, kind of. Like, we're doing our best to make it nice and clean up what needs to be cleaned up and I was never I couldn't have told you how happy I was that we finally organized my pantry and I have a real pantry and all of these things but kind of and there may or may not have been a police chase up the street again the other day <laughs> but I don't care do you, I don't care do you see that is how is that, is that is this like some haunted on Hill House stuff? Like, is that a woman <laughs> looking through her curtains over the shoulders of the Oh, that's Alex in her house <laughs> watching live PD. <laughs> and I, I sit right on the couch, right at the window, right on the couch, right at the window. And I always have the blinds up so I can look at the TV and also look out the window and just stare. Floyd told me that the zombie crawl made live PD. It did, yeah. It, just the scene at George's. They right. were doing the, the wobble or something. What are you doing tonight? I am uh, working on one of my DIY projects. I'm trying to finish it by Saturday. Which one is that? Do you care to share? Yeah, I got a dining table. So I purchased a brand new mm. dining table, but I got my chairs from Habitat for Humanity, like those old school wooden ones, the really good ones, the sturdy ones. And I have sanded all of them and I need to hit them with primer tonight and then hit them with paint tomorrow um, and then finish them off on Saturday. Good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I will text you later tonight. I do endeavor to finish up um, Ooh, uh, I can't wait. House of Usher and then I'll save Loki for tomorrow. And then I got to get we got to get to bones. No, bodies, bodies, bodies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I can't wait. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.